Chapter 14 What's for dinner? Uncle James called from his armchair in the living room. Chicken, Aunt Belle answered, her voice wafting in with a good smell from the kitchen. Well, you better just serve white meat if that albino was coming to dinner. He slapped his knees and laughed his high, girlish laugh at his own joke. Uncle James, it isn't funny, Heather said softly. Why are you trying to make me mad? He pulled his newspaper down below his chin and looked at her through his thick reading glasses. Hey, get a sense of humor, he said dryly. He pulled the newspaper back up over his face. Whatever happened to that old boyfriend of yours? You mean Ben? Heather didn't want to discuss Ben with her uncle. Why was he forcing her to? Just to make her uncomfortable, of course. Ben, he muttered from behind his paper. Nice guy. Don't know what he saw in you, he snickered loudly. I knew that inviting Snowman to dinner was a dreadful mistake, Heather thought glumly. She sat, staring at the phone, wishing it would ring, wishing it would be Snowman, saying he couldn't make it after all. Actually, it had been Snowman's idea. It was the last thing Heather would ever suggest. She wouldn't wish Uncle James on her worst enemy. But Snowman had insisted. It was last Wednesday night. They were in her car in a mall parking lot. It was late. The restaurant had just closed. There were no other cars around. She was telling him about her uncle's new car. Where'd he get the bread to buy a new Volvo station wagon? Snowman had exclaimed, his arm cozily around her shoulders. That's what I want to know, Heather had replied bitterly. He's always talking about how poor he is, right? How you're going to have to start chipping in on the food bills. Snowman already knew many of her complaints about her uncle. I think he's using my money, Heather said, for my trust fund. You mean he's stealing it? Yeah, I think so. But there's no way I can prove it. You need to get a lawyer, Snowman said heatedly. Someone you can trust. You can't let your uncle... Oh, let's stop talking about him, Heather cried, and buried her face against Snowman's shoulder. How come you never invite me over? he asked suddenly, lowering his voice. The question took her by surprise. She sat up. Huh? You mean, like, for dinner or something? Yeah. You're serious? Sure. But why would you want to have dinner with Uncle James? You like being picked apart while you eat? You like being insulted and teased? He laughed. Yeah, I thrive on it. You're weird. I can handle your uncle, he said, staring straight ahead. Would you like to make a little bet? Heather asked playfully. A bet? Sure. What kind of bet? I'll bet you that you can't last an entire dinner with him. What do you mean, Heather? That you'll run screaming from the house before dinner is over. She laughed, even though she was being serious. Maybe your uncle will run screaming from the house, Snowman said, grinning at her. I have ways to deal with uncles, he said again in that funny foreign accent he sometimes dropped into. He'll probably toss you out in your butt, she said, once he chased Ben all the way down the driveway, and he kind of liked Ben. Ben. She hadn't thought about Ben in days. Thinking about him now gave her a sudden pang, a heavy feeling in her chest. She realized she missed Ben. She had tried to call him once, but after a whispered conversation on the other end of the line, his mother said he wasn't there, and whenever Heather approached him in school, he deliberately turned and walked away from her. Ben. Should she try to call him again? Should she send him a note? That might be best. But what could she say? That she missed him? That she wanted to keep him as a friend? That sounded so corny, so disgusting. So, are you going to invite me to dinner or not? Snowman's low voice interrupted her thoughts. Okay, if you insist, you're invited. Come next Wednesday night. Don't come too late, though. Uncle James gets real testy if he doesn't eat promptly at 6.30. Is her aunt a good cook? Not especially. No? How come? She's too nervous to be a good cook. Wow, you make this invitation sound real inviting. It was your idea, she reminded him, and don't forget our bet. Okay, fine, he leaned close to her. What are we betting? He didn't wait for a reply. I know, how about we bet a kiss? As he kissed her, she wondered how her uncle was going to react to having Snowman at the dinner table. He'll find some way to cause a scene. 
He'll find ways some way to humiliate me, she thought. He always does. She tried to push her uncle out of her mind as she held Snowman close. Please pass the rice to Bill, Aunt Belle said to Heather. The smile on her face indicated her pleasure at seeing Snowman wolf down her food so vigorously. Heather was always surprised by the way Snowman ate. He's usually controlled and was careful, but whenever he ate, he shoveled the food into his mouth as if he hadn't eaten in days. Heather knew that Snowman didn't have much money. Maybe he really doesn't get to eat regularly, she thought. Snowman took the bowl of rice and spooned a third big helping onto his plate. Everything's really good, Mrs. Dixon, he said, giving her a warm, appreciative smile and then digging into the steaming white rice. Much to Heather's relief, Uncle James had been pretty quiet up to this point. But now, his plate nearly empty, he cleared his throat and stared at Snowman disapprovingly, watching him hungrily gulp down the rice. Guess they don't feed you too well at home, Uncle James said with a sneer. Snowman pretended Heather's uncle had made a choke and laughed politely. Belle, maybe you'd better give the boy a doggy bag for later, Uncle James said, and cleared his throat again loudly. It's all so delicious. I don't get much home-cooked food, Snowman said. What does your mother do? Uncle James asked, making the question sound like an accusation. Well, she's a nurse. And that gives her an excuse not to put dinner on the table? Uncle James asked, his voice rising, starting to sound agitated. Oh no, here we go, thought Heather. He's going to launch into one of his sexist speeches about how it's a woman's job to make sure dinner is on the table promptly every night. A feeling of dread made her food sit heavily in her stomach. Heather wished she and Snowman could just excuse themselves and get away now, before Uncle James got started. Well, she works very long shifts, Snowman said, swallowing a piece of chicken. And my little brother isn't well, so... And where's your father? Uncle James asked, scratching the back of his scalp. He told you, Heather broke in, not meaning to sound so shrill. He's dead! Oh, right. Sorry, her uncle said, not sounding the least bit sorry. Well, what did you do when he was alive? Uncle James, please, Heather cried. She looked at her aunt as if saying, please stop him, but Aunt Belle just shrugged. He was a salesman, Snowman said, finishing his string beans. Don't eat the coating off the plate, Uncle James said, watching Snowman chew. Snowman laughed again, as if Uncle James had cracked a funny joke. Uncle James proceeded to ask a string of questions about Snowman's family and background. Snowman answered calmly and politely, but Heather thought she would burst from anger. What right did her uncle have to sit there and give Snowman a third degree? Didn't he realize what a nasty, old, busybody he sounded like? Heather was totally embarrassed, but somehow she managed to hold herself in. She faded out of the conversation. No one was talking to her anyway. Her mind wandered. Her uncle's shrill voice continued in the background, punctuated by Snowman's short answers. Poor Snowman, she thought. He'll be answering my uncle's questions until his hair turns white. She giggled. She hadn't meant to make a joke. No one paid any attention to her. When her aunt got up to clear the table, Heather started to follow. No, no, sit, her aunt said. Talk with your friend. Why won't you let me escape this, Heather thought. Her aunt squeezed her shoulder gently as if to say, Just stay calm. Your uncle will quit soon. But he continued his barrage of questions through the apple pie and coffee. Snowman kept shooting glances at Heather. She kept trying to interrupt her uncle, but he ignored her as usual. Well, Bert, Uncle James said, scraping the pie crumbs off his plate with his dessert fork. It's Bill, Heather interrupted. Whatever, her uncle said, frowning. I hope you don't get any ideas about Heather. What? Heather cried, feeling her face grow hot. I know what you're up to with her, Uncle James said, pressing his thin lips together in an expression of disapproval. James, I think Aunt Belle finally stepped in, but Uncle James held up his hand to silence her. Well, go ahead. Have a good time, Uncle James continued his watery eyes behind his thick glasses staring into Snowman's. But just don't get any serious ideas about her. Now, just a minute, 
Snowman, looking very uncomfortable, pushed back his chair. Uncle James, enough, Heather cried. Because Heather is going to come into a great deal of money some day, Uncle James said, ignoring them both, unwilling to stop until he had finished his complete speech. And believe me, Bert or Bill or whatever your name is, she's going to end up with someone from her own class, not some white-haired freak whose mother can't even put dinner on the table. Heather sat, stunned. Aunt Belle leaned forward, her mouth wide open, staring at her husband in shock at his rudeness. Looking very tense and pale, his eyes narrowed in anger, Snowman jumped to his feet. Uncle James stood up quickly, as if accepting a challenge. Heather's heart began to pound. Snowman and her uncle stood only a few feet apart, glaring angrily at each other. Neither of them said a word. What's going to happen now? Heather wondered. Is there going to be a fight? Chapter 15 Snowman's face turned to ice. All expression drained from his face. He suddenly looked to Heather like a department store mannequin. He pushed his chair back in. It scraped loudly against the hardwood floor. Uncle James was actually gloating, Heather thought angrily. He's enjoying this. He did this deliberately. He had planned it all along. Snowman turned away from her uncle, and, his face still expressionless, his hands gripping the chair tightly, thanked Heather's aunt. It was a great dinner. Thanks, he said, his voice calm, smooth, revealing no nervousness or tension. Talk to you later, Heather, he said, and turned quickly, giving Uncle James his back and walked toward the front door, taking long, steady strides. Snowman, wait, Heather shouted. The front door slammed. What's his problem? Uncle James asked, rolling his eyes on mock innocence. I hate you. I really hate you, Heather screamed. She knocked over her chair as she started to run after Snowman. She heard it clatter to the floor, heard her uncle swear loudly, heard Aunt Belle calling after her. But she grabbed her down jacket from the front closet, pulled open the door, and ran out into the snow after Snowman. He was walking quickly, his boots crunching over the hard snow, probably heading to the bus stop three corners down on Brock Street. He had the collar of his overcoat turned up. His head was hunched down so that all Heather could see was his long, white hair over the coat collar, reflected in the blue-white light of the street lamps. Snowman, wait! He kept walking. Didn't he hear her? Or was he so angry he didn't want to stop for her? She ran, slipping in her sneakers. She fell once, picked herself up, and continued after him. Snowman, wait up! He heard her this time. He spun around, surprised. He looked so pale under the streetlight, ghostly pale. He smiled. She caught up to him, breathing hard, gasping, her jacket open, icy cold water already starting to soak through her sneakers. I guess you win the bet, he said, his dark eyes catching the light of the street lamp. He didn't seem upset at all. I could kill him, Heather said eagerly. Really, I could kill him. He didn't reply. He reached forward and put his hands on her shoulders. No problem, he said, whispering suddenly. Really? But he insulted you, Heather cried, not understanding how Snowman could be so calm and accepting over what had just happened. He deliberately insulted you and embarrassed me. He's such a pig. He's such a dirty, stinking... He playfully put a hand over her mouth to stop her. His hand felt hot against her face despite the cold of the night. Shh, it's no problem. Heather pulled out of his grasp. How can you say that? How can you stay so calm after he... after he... Snowman shrugged. It was just words. Just words? She was shrieking, her voice so high she didn't recognize it. But she didn't care. This was the worst thing her uncle had ever done to her. Heather, listen. Snowman looked so pale in the dim light. She started to shiver. Was it from the cold or because she was so upset? He doesn't care what he says, Heather cried. He thinks he can say anything, do anything. He thinks he can embarrass me, humiliate me in front of anyone. I, I... It's just words, Snowman repeated. He tried to zip her jacket for her, but he couldn't get the zipper started. 
Something about the way he was struggling so intently made her start to forget how angry she was. She reached down and covered Snowman's hands with hers. Then she brushed his hands away and zipped the jacket. It's cold, she said, watching her steamy breath trail up to the black sky. You shouldn't let your uncle get to you, Snowman said, starting to walk toward the bus stop. Heather hurried to catch up with him and took his arm. He treats me like I'm a speck of dirt, just the way he treated you. How can he be so calm about it? How can you stand to have him sit there and say such horrible things to you? I've got other problems, Snowman said quietly, leaning into the wind, staring straight ahead. His big overcoat flapped noisily in the sudden gusts. Heather held on tightly to his arm as they continued to walk. What? I've got other problems. More serious than your uncle. For the first time, he showed a little emotion. Heather stopped walking, forcing him to stop. What? What's the matter? He seemed reluctant to tell her. It's not your problem, really. Tell me, please, what's the matter, Snowman? It's my brother. His voice cracked. He's pretty sick. He needs an operation. What's wrong with him? I... I really don't understand it. Something about his kidneys. It's pretty bad. He has to have this operation, and we, well, we can't afford it. But you said your mom's a nurse. Wouldn't the hospital she works for? She doesn't work for a hospital, Stimmon interrupted. He bent down, scooped up some snow in his bare hand, and formed it into a tight snowball. She's a private nurse. She cares for some old lady in her apartment. Oh, I see. Heather didn't know what to say. Snowman reared his arm back and heaved the snowball at a car three-quarters of the way down the block. It hit the back window with a loud splat. I'm going to get a job, he said. An after-school job? Maybe a full-time job. I don't know. You mean drop out of school? Yeah. Just until I make enough money to... to... He looked away. He was embarrassed to be showing so much emotion. I don't know what to do, really. Even if I get a job, I wouldn't have the money in time to pay for Eddie's operation. It... it's two thousand dollars. Well, maybe. Mom tried to get a loan, but the bank turned her down. They said she had no collateral, that her job was only a temporary one. They trudged through the snow in silence for a few moments. Somewhere from several blocks away, the sound of a police siren cut through the frozen night air. Suddenly, Heather had an idea. She squeezed Snowman's arm. Ow. Sorry, didn't mean to squeeze so hard. Listen, I can lend you the money. His dark eyes opened wide with surprise. Huh? You heard me. I can lend you the two thousand dollars. I have it in my checking account, the one Uncle James actually lets me keep. No, Heather. For the first time since she'd known him, he looked genuinely embarrassed. I have the money. I can write you a check. You can pay me back whenever, you know, a little at a time after you got your job. Heather, stop. He put both hands on her shoulders and drew his face close to hers. His breath smelled of apples. No, I couldn't. But your brother, he has to have the operation right away. The sooner the better, Snowman said grimly, biting his lower lip. So, okay, let me write you a check, Heather said. I have the money, it's just sitting there. This way it'll be put to good use. A car turned the corner, its tires sliding on a patch of ice. The headlights caught them both by surprise. Heather raised her arm to shield her eyes. Too late. The whole world seemed to flash bright silver. After the car had passed, the driver swerving wide to move past them, the light stayed in Heather's eyes, making everything look pink and too bright, as if they were suddenly in a different world for a science fiction movie set. Listen, I've got to go, Snowman said, looking very troubled. Where? I'll come with you, Heather said. She really didn't want to have to go back home and confront her uncle. No, I... I like to be alone for a bit. You know, try to think things through. But what about the money? No, I couldn't, Heather. Thanks. That's the nicest thing anyone ever offered me. But I just couldn't. He leaned forward and gave her a quick kiss on the cheek. His lips felt very warm against her skin. Then he turned and started jogging down the snow-covered sidewalk. The oversized raincoat flapping behind him as he moved. 
Heather stood watching him, shivering, her hands shoved into her jeans pockets. Why is he being so stubborn about taking the money, she wondered. Halfway down the block, he turned and cupped his hands to his mouth as a megaphone. I almost forgot. Thanks for dinner. So, you're not speaking to your uncle? No, we haven't said a word to each other ever since that dinner last night. I feel so bad for my aunt, though. All the tension in the house makes her feel even more nervous than usual. Heather turned away from Kim to see Mel staring at her from the kitchen. Better order something, Kim, she said. Otherwise, I'm not supposed to be talking to you. I'll have a Diet Coke, Kim said, dropping down into the back booth. When are you going to quit this disgusting job anyway? Oh, I don't know, Heather said, writing down a Diet Coke on her pad. It's not such a bad job if you have to have a job. Which you don't, Kim said. And I met Snowman here, so how bad can it be? Have you seen him since the fabulous dinner? Kim pulled several napkins out of the dispenser on the table and spit her gum into them. No, I'm really worried. He's got some family problems, and... Heather looked up to see Snowman pushing open the door of the coffee shop. He was wearing an oversized overcoat. The collar pulled up. His hair was windblown, scattered like a white dandelion head, his face red from the cold. Kim followed Heather's stare. Hey, that's him, right? Heather nodded. I'm finally going to meet the fabulous Snowman. He came walking up to the booth, a serious expression on his face. Hi, he said to Heather. I'm Heather's best friend, Kim, Kim said before Heather had a chance to say anything. Snowman glanced down at her, a bit startled. Hi, he said. Heather's told me about you. You too, Kim said. You really do have white hair. Yeah, I do. He touched it, as if making sure it was still there. He turned to Heather. Can I talk to you? Sure. It's almost quitting time. She looked up at the clock. Twenty minutes to go. Why don't you meet me? Yeah, okay. Where are you parked? He seemed jumpy, impatient, not his usual cool self. By the movie theater, Heather said, looking past into the kitchen where Mel was busily scraping some eggs off the grill. Okay, he said then. Nice to meet you, to Kim. And he hurried out, nearly colliding with Marjorie, who was carrying a tray full of dirty dishes. He looked kind of upset, Kim said. Heather started to reply, her eyes still on the door that Snowman had just exited. But Mel rang the kitchen bell, two rings for Heather, and she hurried to pick up the waiting food. Snowman did look kind of upset, she thought, especially for him. His face usually revealed no emotion at all, even when he was really happy, but he was definitely not happy tonight. Luckily, the restaurant wasn't very crowded. The rest of the shift went quickly. Kim slurped down her Diet Coke and waved goodbye. Mel was scraping the grease off the grill as Heather wiped the last booth table clean. Then, she quickly changed into her street clothes, said goodnight, and hurried out to the parking lot to meet Snowman. She found him standing by the car, his hands in his coat pockets. Oh, I'm sorry. I forgot I locked it, she apologized, fumbling in her bag for the car key. That's okay, he said quietly. It's not that cold. He climbed into the passenger seat, and she jogged around the car to get in on the driver's side. Want to drive around a bit? I'll put the heater on and you can warm up. No, I want to talk first, he said, turning his back to the door so he could face her. Sure, what's the matter? I haven't seen you since last week. It, it's Eddie, he said. A large car pulled up to them, its brights on, the headlights invading their privacy, filling the car with bright yellow light. Snowman grabbed for the door handle, looking very frightened. He started to push open the door, but the car backed up and headed the other way. Snowman, it was just turning around, Heather said, startled by how frightened he looked. Are you okay? He closed the car door, his face still filled with fear. It scared me, that's all, he said, his voice shaky. Sorry, I'm really jumpy these days. It's not like me, I know. Your brother is bad, Heather asked putting a hand tenderly on the shoulder of his overcoat, trying to calm him. Yeah, Snowman said, breaking a hand back through his hair, then scratching his cheek. He's got to have the operation right away. The doctors say he can't wait any longer. Oh, I'm sorry, Heather said. So, 
Will you? Just let me get this out, okay? He said. It isn't easy for me. I've sort of been going it over in my mind, and... You don't have to be nervous to tell me anything, Heather said, seeing how uncomfortable he was, trying to be helpful. Well, the other night, remember, you offered to write me a check for $2,000 Mom and I need. If you could, I mean, I'd really appreciate it. Snowman, I told you, I'd be happy to give you a check. It's no problem, really. I didn't want to, he said, finally looking at her. I hate asking anyone for money, especially you. But as for Eddie, if you could, Heather, I'd really... I have my checkbook right here in my bag, Heather said, pulling open the bag and rummaging inside it. He turned and looked out his window, obviously embarrassed. Heather, I... It's no problem, believe me, she said, turning on the interior light so she could write the check. The money is just sitting there. I'm so glad it can be put to good use. He turned back and watched her start to fill out the check, but he didn't say anything. She leaned forward, resting the checkbook on the dashboard to write. How should I make it out? To me, I guess. Bill Jeffers. Okay, here it is. She signed her name and carefully tore the check out of the book. He took it from her and stuffed it quickly, without looking at it, into his overcoat pocket. Thanks, Heather. I'll pay you back. Really, I'll pay you back real soon. Chapter 16 A few evenings later, Heather stepped out the door of her house after an unpleasantly silent dinner and was startled to find Ben walking up the driveway. Hey, what are you doing here? He grinned at her nervously. Wow, I didn't expect such a friendly greeting. I'm overwhelmed. She laughed and realized she was glad to see him. How's it going? she asked, trying to sound casual. Okay. He was wearing a hooded gray sweatshirt under a bulky ski sweater, dark blue corduroys, and a beat-up pair of work boots. They stood staring at each other awkwardly, a few yards apart in her driveway. He tried to jam his hands in his pocket, then crossed his arms in front of his chest. Ah, well, I kind of miss you, he said, blushing a little. You were always so eloquent, she cracked. She hadn't talked to him in weeks, but it was so easy to fall back into the old patterns, the same old teasing, the same easy friendship. He took a few reluctant steps toward her. It was a warm night, almost balmy. But the driveway was puddled with melting snow. The evening air smelled wet and sweet. Can we go somewhere and talk? Ben asked, looking toward her car, which was parked in the street. No, I've got to get to the restaurant. I'm already late, Heather said, struggling to read her watch in a gray evening light. Can I drop you somewhere? Are you still dating that guy? The question surprised her. He said it with such suddenness, speaking quickly, as if the question were all one word. She realized that the reason he had come was to ask that question. Yeah, she said, kicking at a low mound of wet snow. She thought about Snowman, pictured him at her dinner table, standing up to Uncle James, pictured him standing in the mall parking lot in that overcoat he seemed to always wear, the red wool scarf tied loosely around him, the collar pulled up to his white hair. She realized she hadn't seen him since the night she had written the check. She had tried to phone him, eager to find out how his brother was doing, but information had no listing for a Jeffers in Twin Valley. She couldn't believe she hadn't asked him for his phone number. She was dying to know if Eddie was okay, how Snowman was doing. Then I guess there's no point in us talking, Ben said dejectedly, breaking into her thoughts. No, I mean, yes, she said, suddenly flustered. How about Saturday afternoon or something? I, I still like to be friends with you. The words felt sticky in her mouth. Did I really just say that, Heather thought? Ben made a face, as if reading her thoughts. Yeah, well, maybe. Ben, I'm really sorry. I, later, he said. You better go. Those grease burgers are piling up. He headed down the driveway, his old work boots sloshing noisily in the wet snow. She watched him, feeling bad that she had hurt him. He really was a great guy. Halfway down the drive, he turned back. How's your uncle? He shouted. The same, she yelled back. Why? Jess wondered, he called. See you. And he hurried off into the gray evening, disappearing around the tall hedges down by the street.
As she scurried from booth to booth, Heather kept an eye on the door, watching for Snowman, hoping he'd come to see her, desperate to talk with him. And I've got to remember to get his phone number, she told herself. This is so weird, she thought, realizing how little she knew about him. I don't know his phone number or his address. He's never talked about where he lives. He always comes to the restaurant or to my house. She realized she hadn't ever seen him in school either, but that was probably because he had been staying home much of the time to take care of Eddie. Why don't I know more about him, she asked, scolding herself. Is it because I'm so self-obsessed? Only concerned about my own problems? Too busy to find out about a boy I really care about? The next time I see him, I'll ask him a million questions, she told herself. The next time I see him, Miss, there's my order up there. It's been ready for ten minutes. An elderly lady sitting alone in the biggest booth called. Oh, sorry. Heather hurried to pick up her BLT. What's it like to live in slow motion? Mel cracked, poking his sweaty head through the window. It's so busy tonight, Heather said. If it's so busy, why'd you let the old lady sit by herself in a booth for six? Sorry. She was so tired of apologizing to Mel. It seemed as if she spent half her time in a restaurant apologizing. I've got to quit this job. I've got to get out of here, Heather thought, before I totally lose my mind. After work, Snowman was waiting for her beside her car. Hi, she called excitedly and started running across the empty lot. As she came closer, she saw that he had a wide grin on his face. Maybe he has good news, she thought. He came hurrying toward her. They met in the middle of the vast lot. You look like a smile button tonight, she said. Well, I feel pretty good, he said, still grinning. Tell me, Heather said eagerly. Tell me what's happening. They'd been walking to her car as they talked. He leaned back against the side of the trunk. It was warm enough that he wore his overcoat unbuttoned. He had on a red flannel shirt underneath. Come on, don't keep me in suspense, Heather pleaded, giving him a playful shove, pushing him back against the car. What's going on? Where have you been all week? Why are you grinning like that? His grin slowly faded. He leaned forward and pretended to fall off the car to the ground. You're goofy tonight, she said, pulling him up. Come on, snowman. Are you going to talk or are you just going to clown around? He leaned back against the car, his hands in his coat pockets. You did me a favor the other night, he told her, so I returned the favor. Huh? You what? I returned the favor. Suddenly, he was completely serious. What do you mean, Heather was puzzled. Why was he being so mysterious? You don't have to worry about your uncle anymore. He wasn't making any sense to her. No sense at all. Snowman, what are you talking about? I told you. I told you I could handle your uncle, right? Yes, you said that, but what do you mean? His smile returned. His eyes seemed to light up. I killed him, Heather. I killed him. For you.